Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rambo, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard. The theme for the rest of the weekend, or at least this morning, is simply the fact that well, the, the title is, It is Written in the Volume of the Book. The reason God chose, as I said, I always have all these ideas that I want to bring, okay? And I have to wait. I have to fast and pray, and I have to find out exactly what God wants you to have. And my ideas are never God's ideas. And so as I, I was sitting and I had meditated about the fact that, bless God, what is it that makes you and I so different? Okay, I know. Go look in the mirror, okay? Other than that, what is it that calls people to call this a cult? Well, you know, when the Wesley brothers and the, and the Methodist church, the Baptist church, the Pentecostal churches, the charismatic, they were all called cults. Anything that's outside the box from what the church knows is a cult. Always has been. No, this isn't a cult. Because we are doing what? We're in the Word of God. As I have said from the beginning with this, this is not a figment of somebody's imagination. This isn't a, a, a dream. And I'm talking about modern day here and this, this, this guy standing before you today. This isn't a dream. Bless God, it's not a visitation. This is about the written Word of God. It's got nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with him and what he wrote. Now, well, I'm going to take you through a journey today and tomorrow morning. And that journey is going to cover a lot of things that pertains to God's saying. And how the world reacted, how what would the known church of the day that we would call the church back in the day of the Sanhedrin when Christ came, and hopefully, by doing this, not only are you going to learn a depth within this thing, but these CDs can be handed and put into the hands of people. Maybe they'll understand. God's doing something different here, folks. Not because somebody's wanting to be different, all right? Like I said, being a Jew, I've been different all my life, especially being a, uh, being a prophet, Spacious, I've always said, at eight years old, these visions started coming to me. This isn't, this isn't something that happened to me when I got saved and got filled with the Holy Ghost, which works for 90.99999999, and the nines keep going, of the people out here trying to be prophets today. It doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. Now, I know that they think it does, but it doesn't. But the fact of it is, set all that aside. This God had it written through Moses and the prophets. It's all given. It's all laid out in the book from the beginning to the end, and so is it laid out in the stars, the beginning and the end. We are coming to the end. Church hasn't worked for a long, long time. They don't want to admit it. Why? It's called money. A lot of these places out here believe what I'm doing is probably right, but you know what? If they started sending their people here and they started coming here, 
they'd lose control. And that's the truth. So as I, as I begin to seek the Lord God in fasting and prayer, the Lord God began to lay this thing out before me, and I'm going, wow, that's really good. You know, when God does something, it's, it's right, right? Well, so, so uh, we're going to begin in uh, familiar scriptures, because I, I want to lay some groundwork here, so turn with me to Hosea 4.6. You say, well, I don't need to turn there. I know that by heart. Turn there anyway. Your fingers need to do some walking, okay? Let the Lord God be God. And, of course, it says in 4.6 of, of Hosea, my people are destroyed for the lack of what? Knowledge. Knowledge. Now, if God says my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, then there must be knowledge. Knowledge has to be there in order for God to have said that. Now, if you go back and, and you examine and look at the denominational churches, Bless God, ask God, and if you've not studied the transition, which most of you, all of you that are in the fellowships, you get that every once in a while, God was doing something very important. He was trying to bring us from one revelation to the next revelation, and that all passed down through the Catholics and, like I said, the Lutheran, the Episcopalians, and everybody else, Methodists, Baptists, Pentecostals, Charismatics. But every time God made that transitional move, what was he doing? He was taking us closer to the end of what he had written. He was preparing us. And as I said, our job was to bring everything that was right out of that last transitional period and bring it over to, in our generation and our transition period. We didn't do that. We got into these churches and we just, that's it. Well, we know everything. If God was going to say anything, he would say it to the Pentecostals. Boy, have I heard that a thousand times. The fact of the matter is that God will use a generation to bless God to bring on another generation. If all that God had, and excuse me if you're Catholic, but if all God had to give us was a Catholic thing, what a sad thing that would have been. Why? We would have missed the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We would have missed, bless God, the power of God working through the prophets. We would have missed, and we would have missed, and we would have missed, and we would have missed. But that's not the way God chose it. So he said, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. He said, because thou hast rejected knowledge. He said, well, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist, I'm, I'm you know, Pentecostal, I'm this, I'm that. We didn't miss the knowledge. The Catholics missed it. The Lutherans, yeah, they missed it. Well, the Methodists definitely missed it. And that's the game we have played in this thing. Everybody missed it but me, right? Oh, we have got it. They don't. They can only wait. We, the light is here where we're at. The only, and I've heard Pentecostal preachers for here. The only light in southern Illinois is in my church. Well, that's pretty strong medicine, isn't it? If you want to believe that, that's fine. But let me tell you something about people. And don't forget me telling you this. People want, for the most part, to be followers. And people look for something to follow. Now listen, most of which has lots of cars in the parking lot. Huh? Because why? We feel safe in numbers. That's what's wrong. That's the reason uh, some of these fellowships are very small. Okay? You know, they come, they look around, people go, well, nobody else is here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, and you know, I always say, you know, the, the sad thing about that is it was numbers that, that hanged our Messiah, the Mashiach, upon the tree. It was numbers. Numbers don't make things right. You know, we have some numbers going on today in, in our political system because there's more Democrats in the, in, in, in bless God, in the, the Congress than there is uh, Republicans. They're just railroading through whatever they want to do. Numbers. So we look at numbers and we say, well, you know, if we get to here. You know, I said when I started, and, and this was the first church that's now our synagogue, that, bless God, we established all those years ago. And I said it, the minute we could ever get 100 people in this room, we're going to have to worry about it. You know why? Because the parking lot would start to look and be full. People are fickle? Surely not. People are a mess. Okay? And sure enough, when we got 100, we got 200. We got 200, we eventually got 300 and some in here, and that room back up there. Well, you see, then if, 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 if we'll open up this thing here, this noggin up here, this thing up here that the devil uses so well, your minds, and if you'll begin to say, okay, I don't want to be destroyed for the lack of knowledge. I don't want to be the rejecter of knowledge. Because he said, if you reject my knowledge, now let me, let me identify his knowledge. His knowledge is the totalness of his word. His knowledge is not the doctrine of the Catholics, the Baptists, the Pentecostals, and everything else I keep mentioning. That's not his knowledge. His knowledge is the totalness or the fullness of what he wrote in his written word. That's what it is. Now, what I, what I have seen, and, and I say all the time, and it aggravates people to no end, but they'll get over it, maybe. You have to realize where the guidance for this knowledge comes from. Now, long since the days of <laughs> the apostles, the prophets, most of the church today doesn't believe that there are prophets any longer. Don't believe that. What is that? That's the lack of knowledge. So if, in fact, there are prophets today, and there are, you're looking at one, then, bless God, what has happened here? They didn't have the knowledge given to them, number one, to be able to come forth and to do what God needed to do. Number two, he says, because you have rejected that knowledge, I'll reject you. Now, if God rejects you, God forbid, are your prayers going to get answered? can't be. See, that's the reason I said over and over and over and over again. God does not answer people's prayers that are a mess. And I don't care whether you're Pentecostal, Baptist, or whatever. I don't care if you spend every Wednesday night, twice on Sunday, stand up, jump up and down, do the Jericho march around the church. The only way in this world that you're going to get blessed is to adhere unto his word, the totalness of his word. The denomination stifled you from being able to do that. No, Christ is over here. What? We just read that last. No, Christ is in the Baptist. No, the Christ is in the Meth. No, Christ is with the Pentecostals. Let no man deceive you, as we talked about last night. We've been deceived, brothers and sisters. Did the church tell us everything? I don't think the church knew everything to tell us. They had no prophets. The prophets are what? The mouthpieces of God. We're going to tell you exactly 
what it is that God wants you to, to be doing. And bless God, if it hair lips the Pope, it'll just have to hair lip the Pope. But you understand something. God has a job to do. What kind of a job does God got? He has got to bring this age to a close. He has got to send back His Son to this earth. And His Son is going to come back. And those of us that dare believe His holy word, those of us that dare the blessed God to stand in the holy place, are going to see that. As I said, this world is being turned upside down. This is not the place of, bless God, the home of the brave and the free anymore. And if you could hear in the Spirit, you'd be packing your bags now. Now, he says, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I shall also forget your children. And that's why the children, after which he wrote about here in the book of Hosea, have been forgotten. He said, because he said, I'm going to tell you something. You forgot the law. Oh, my Lord, you know how I'm always doing this. The law. Do you ever wonder why that upset Christians so much? Do you ever ever think about that? And and some of you out here witnessing, using the trifolds we have, and and you want to keep doing, handing those out, by the way. Plant seeds. Keep planting the seeds. But do you ever wonder why that, 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 that upset people so much? Because you see, they got away from that. They walked away from the law. The church walked away from the law. And yet at the same time, we watch people, we hear people, well, you know, uh, you know I, I need this and I need that. Then when you study, and if you've studied the whole thing that I've done on the Holy Covenant, you'll find out that if you're not keeping the covenant, God's not even answering your prayers. People go, oh, well, I, 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 I prayed. Now, 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 you know, as I said when I did that series, folks, when you get in tune with God, he hears you. And when you're in tune with God and He hears you, things happen. When you're keeping the covenant and, the, and, and, and bless God, the testimony of His Holy Son, Yeshua, big things begin to happen. You're not uh, in the back of the bus, you're in the front of the bus, as they say. Bless God, you're being blessed to God and, he's, and, and you can't run and hide just to see if you can get somewhere where you can't get blessed because, bless God, He'll find you and bless you anyway. Now, that's the part I want to be in. The problem is the church ain't in that part, okay? The church is not in that part any longer. So it's time to do what? It's time to move on. But it's also time to bless God to to bring the truth of God's Word. I didn't come here this morning to, to try to coerce you into believing that this is all the truth. No, I bring you from the from the volume of the book. In the book, bless God... And I want you to turn with me to uh, Hebrews 10:7, and uh, here we're going to find uh, the writers of Hebrews, which I've always thought to be Paul, and most other people do too, by the way. Now, 10:7 of Hebrews. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book; it is written of me to do Thy will, O God. God's will, not His will. He didn't come to do His will. He came to do the will of the Father, His Father, our Father, okay? Very important. Turn to Acts 13, 41. And this is before your eyes, has been in other generations, but truly today. Acts 13, 41. Behold, ye despisers, and wonder, and perish. For I work a work in your days, this day, 
a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Isn't that where we're at today? For those of you that bless God, that, that God has spoken, and by the way, listen, blessed are those that have ears to hear and eyes to see. I pray that your eyes be open, your ears come unstopped, and you hear what thus saith the mouth of God for this generation and this time. I believe, bless God, that He is echoing that all over the face of this earth as He is gathering together the ten tribes that we call the lost tribes of all of Israel. I believe that. I believe it's happening today. Go to the, go to the book of Habakkuk. Now, when you get back there in those uh, little books toward the end of what you call the Old Testament, we call the Tanakh. By the way, that didn't do us any good or do you any good with the Jews to have done what you did with that either, okay? The Old Testament. Oh, boy. Don't, don't ever get in an Orthodox community and try to convince one of those rabbis that it's the Old Testament. You'll run into a buzzsaw that you won't soon get shut off, okay? I'm here to tell you. Habakkuk 1.15. They take up all of them. With the, with, the, with, the, with the angle, they catch them in their net and gather them in their drag. Therefore, they rejoice and are glad. They take them all up. The church has swallowed everything up, swallowed up everything and said, no, that, you know, in other words, if anything that's done out from under that which we teach in our church, now listen, it's wrong. How many times have you ever tried to talk to somebody that was, a, I call, of a different feather? Somebody that blessed God. Maybe it's a Baptist, you're a Pentecostal. Have you ever noticed that, bless God, you can't get anywhere with those people? Did you ever wonder why? If they've been overtaken by a spirit of religion. Their hearts and their minds are closed that God can't do anything else because he's done it all with whoever that is that they're with. You see, that's dangerous. In fact, that's big-time dangerous, folks. If you're, you know, you, you, you have to stay open. You have to keep learning. When you quit learning, this thing is over for you. You have to stay hungry. You have to realize what you have with God today, there's going to be more tomorrow. You have to keep studying. The, the Scripture says study to show yourselves approved. Study to show yourselves approved. And you know what? Now, this crowd here... Would, uh, would definitely rise above the average, some of you way above it. Do people in those churches study the Word of God? No. Do those churches, somebody said to me the other day, in fact, well, we got a t uh, card in the mail to, to get T-shirts, and, and I don't, and I, other people, I, I, somebody else, and maybe it was, uh, I won't name names, but, but anyway, it said Deckard University. I told Don, I said, you know what, this is a school. Remember me telling you it's going to take you about three to five years, then maybe, huh? Then maybe. But you see, if you're going to study, if you're going to study, most people don't study. If you were to get, and I heard a, I heard a guy say this one time, and it, and it really impacted me. It was another minister. And what he said was, he said, if you were to give 10% of your time studying, praying, do you realize how much you could grow and how much you could get done? Think about that. No, we don't have time for that. Well, you know, Junior's got a baseball game, and, and bless God, you know, we've got to go to the mall. We've got to get down there in that mall and spend some of that money and run that charge card up. 
But Scott, we, you know, we go, well, I'd love to have done it, but, you know, this is my only weekend to get to go fishing. And, well, that Sabbath is a wonderful thing, but, you know, i got to cut the yard on Saturday because that's the only day, and I don't like to do it on Sunday because, well, you know, Sunday's Sunday. The excuses go on, they go on, and they go on. But the fact of the matter is, folks, we have fallen. The church isn't the powerful entity that you read in the book of Acts that's in your laps. And the cry that I have, would have had for a long time to the church is, where is that power at? Where is that at? It doesn't seem to be, oh, every once in a while somebody's healed of a cold, and every once in a while somebody claims something happened here, and some, every once in a while somebody's healed of a cancer. That wasn't the way it was in, in, in the book of Acts. And because God gave me the kind of anointing that I have, and I've seen countless thousands upon thousands at this 30-some years of ministry, I can tell you that God is present. I can tell you that his anointing this evening and after the 7 o'clock service when I'm going to lay hands on those that need to be healed and have miracles, I guarantee the anointing will present. It is here. And he, the Lord, not this, not this guy, I'm just a vessel, but he, the Lord God, will show himself mighty. And I said something last night about it. These, these knuckleheads running around acting like they're prophets and bless God this and, uh, and even people trying to be preachers. If, in fact, the signs don't follow what and confirm what you're doing, sit down, shut up, and get out of the way and let those of us that are come forth. But yet we got people out here playing this, oh, I'm anointed game. Well, I got news for you. If you're anointed, it will come forth. And not every, every six months, not, bless God, every third service, but it will come to the Bema with you when you come. It will leave the Bema with you when you go. And that's what's here. It didn't get here by luck, okay? Matthew 1, 23. Now, we're going to now talk about, because what I want to show you some things, I want to talk about blindness, I want to talk about and get you to understand the fullness of God. You can blind yourself, and most of the blinding comes from a spirit of religion. It did, it did in Yeshua's day, okay? It was blindness. Now, now, right off, I want you to understand that, yes, the Lord God blinded Judah, our brother, from being able to see that he is the Messiah, okay? Now, that's, as I said, shortly going to change here. Things are going to change, and boy, are they going to change. Now, if you and I can look at, for, for here a few minutes, the opportunity that what will, for any better terminology, call the church of that day, they had every opportunity to know this. Now, was all the Jews blinded? No. No, all the Jews weren't blinded. There were just the majority going to be blinded. Now, listen. Have you not heard me say about the Ephraimite movement, this movement? If you want to have eyes to see, the Lord said, if you want to have ears to hear, then he's going to let you see and hear this thing of Ephraim. If you shut it off and you don't want to, folks, you're not going to see or hear it. There just isn't any way. If your religion gets in it, well, now, I don't know about that. I mean, some of you got a little nervous when we lit the incense over here last night. Wow, my Lord. If you don't do that anymore, better read the book. Better read the book. So don't let stop. That isn't anymore. No. Let me tell you a real, real quick story. I had a, had a, a, a thing come up where, because you see, I, I had this 
this privilege of being able to hear the audible voice of God when I'm here now, today. Well, God talks to me about you. This gets to be a real deal. Some of you wouldn't want to know what God's telling me about you, okay? Because you see, God knows where you're, you know, when you're thinking that you're getting away with something, God's there, okay? So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm ministering. And anyway, this brother, um, he had something wrong with his ankle or foot. And for the sake of the, the people that were there, I said, uh, I'm going to show you something probably going to be one of the weirder things you've ever seen. Of course, I've done a few weird things. So I just took his foot, had him to sit down, had the, had the incense on the floor, and, and I had him to put that, I think it was his ankle. But ankle or leg, Donna? Ankle. And put his ankle up over that thing and, and spoke the name of Yeshua. Oh, I said, Yeshua, in Yeshua's name. And all of a sudden, he felt the anointing of God run down in that ankle. He got up and did a jig. God had set him free. Be careful what you judge. You don't know everything, folks. I don't know everything. Hope that's comforting. But you're supposed to be the leader. I am. But I don't know everything. But I do have the two angels. All right? I do have this audible voice, and I am capable of following it. But when, when you begin to, to realize, and some of you have had a real deliverance being around me, because all the things that you thought weren't, you found out now are. You found out with God all things are possible. He's not, he's not being hindered with anything, and neither will you if you but believe. But when you're caught up in religion, see, one of the first things I tell people they need, they need delivered from religion. The hardest thing is to teach people when they have to unlearn to learn. That's the hardest thing that there is. I'd rather have a a drug addict, a whore, somebody off the streets come in here that knew nothing than bless God. And I want to tell you something that I am, am, am enjoying. I'm enjoying seeing all the people get filled with the Holy Ghost. To come into these meetings. You know why? It's going to be a fresh start with you, okay? <laughs> we, can, we can bring you up right with the Spirit. The, the Pentecostal people, the charismatic people, those people have a tough time of why. Because they got into this thing, they got the Holy Ghost goosebumps running up and down them, but they never got the Word of God in them. And that's what the problem is. So as we take this journey, and what we're going to begin to do here is we're going to begin to look at the fact of, of the Messiah. Now, in Matthew one twenty three, it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. That's plain enough, isn't it? All right? Now, turn in Isaiah 7.14 so you can see where the prophet Isaiah was given this by God. Given this by God. Isaiah 7.14. Hallelujah. 714 of Isaiah, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign, here's a sign, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The prophet prophesied it. Did it come to, did it come to pass the next day? Not hardly, but it came to pass. So, the, the, so now let me, let me t- say this, rabbis today, even in America, the Orthodox, they study the Tanakh, your Old Testament, eight hours a day, five days a week. That's all they do, and they're paid to do that. that is a, that's like when they get done, I guess, on, on Friday afternoon before Shabbat, they get paid, just like you do when you go to work. They studied 
the Word of God back in that day. The Sanhedrin was more than well learned of the Tanakh. All right? So was this a surprise to them that there was going to be a child born by a virgin? Stop and try to figure that one out. Well, Dad and Mom, you better sit down. I'm pregnant. Oh, my Lord, that day, the way that got solved, they stoned him to death. That's the reason there wasn't this, oh, let's go out and jump in bed or get in the back seat of the car. They killed him. My Lord, daughter, who's the guy? Well, Mom, the Holy Ghost. Well, Mary, I'm sorry, but the, the Sanhedrin is not going to believe the Holy Ghost got you pregnant. Do you see how God will take something that's impossible? Can you see how that God moves into the realm of the supernatural? And he even gave it to the prophet Isaiah and said, You prophesy and tell them that there will be a virgin. Once a woman has sex, she's no more a virgin. There was a virgin birth, something that there never, had never been before and never been after, okay? So we know the blessed God, and we even, we even knew his name, Emmanuel. Look at Matthew 2, 5. I would have told you to keep your finger over there in Matthew for a while. Put a marker there, I guess. In 2, 5 of Matthew, And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Now, now, we not, now we know, not only know that there is going to be a child come along supernaturally, now we know where this child is going to be born. This child is going to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. Now, I want to now and probably will try to remind you again, how did they know that? Well, God spoke to, to uh, the pastor. God spoke to the rabbi. God spoke to the evangelist. To the, uh, to the, no, God spoke to the prophet. The prophets are God's mouthpieces. They have the revelation knowledge of the future, only because of what God gives them. Now, so now we're, now we're knowing he's going to be born in Bethlehem, okay? Now, Micah 5.2 is the, is the uh, bless God, the, the, the prophecy uh, from, from, bless God, the prophet. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, thou, uh, though thou be little among thousands of Judea, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is the ruler in Israel, who's going forth, have, uh, going forth, have from of old, from everlasting. There it was. He said he's going to come be born in Bethlehem. Now, can you find anything in the Scriptures, and if you need to go home and look with your concordance when you get home after the weekend, be sure to do so and let me know. Do you find anything in, 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 in there uh, that would, uh, would uh, be a manger in a way of an, uh, maybe an old barn and, and, and that, you know, the, the, the cows and all that around? And you won't find that in there anywhere being prophesied by the prophets. It is written. It is written. It has to be written for these things throughout what God has done and what God is doing. And it gets exciting because this thing is being recorded, all right? It's being recorded. Now, listen, Matthew 2.23, go there. Matthew 2.23, and it says, And he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. That's in Isaiah 11.1. 1. Turn there. In Isaiah 11.1. 1. 
And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. It shall come forth. Matthew 3, 3. For this is that he was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make straight his path, or make his path straight. Now, we're going to change here just for a minute to, uh, to John the Baptist. Now, many people never understood, the church, I don't know the church ever understood, why John the Baptist was such a big thing. Why did the people flock to John the Baptist? Well, when, when all of what happened and took place in and around Jerusalem, most of the pure Kohanim, the priesthood, went across the Jordan and lived out in the desert because of all the, all the you know, everything that was going on that was rotten. And then the day came which the Baptist had to fulfill Scripture like everybody else. And he came across that Jordan River, and he came across eating locusts and honey, and he had a coat that probably stunk like high heaven made out of camel hair. Have you ever been around a camel? Never get in the backside of them. I told him, I said I wasn't going to tell no stories. <laughs> but now we're hearing, we're hearing now Isaiah 40, the third verse. Turn there. Isaiah 43, 40th chapter, third verse. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Isn't that what he did? He prepared the way, that he was a forerunner of Christ. There's one that comes greater than me. They made such a bit, but again, back to what I said about him being a pure Kohanim. They were using priests at that point in Jerusalem that weren't, that weren't from the, uh, what's God, uh, Levitical priesthood. Kind of like we're doing today, aren't we? Do you know how sad that is? These people that walk behind these holy things, whether they look holy or not, these bemas are holy. And people that walk behind here have a responsibility. Anyway, when he came back for the first time in years and years and years and years, they had a pure Kohanim, a pure priest. And they flocked to him. Well, no doubt the Sanhedrin didn't like that either. But the fact of it is, it was written. Matthew twenty-seven thirty-five, And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garment among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. Now, you, some of you just got there. Go to Psalms twenty-two eighteen. I need to give you. I need to give you a little more time. I got so much material. Twenty-two, eighteen of Psalms. They parted my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Fulfilled. Fulfilled. Matthew twenty-seven, forty-eight. Please. Matthew twenty-seven, forty-eight. Oh, I'm telling you. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. Psalm sixty nine twenty one. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Fulfillment. Matthew eleven ten. For this is he of whom it was written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. And then there's Malachi three one. I know I'm keeping you busy, especially if you're trying to take notes too. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. 
And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come into the temple, even the messenger of what? The covenant. Whom you delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. So there we have absolute identification. They knew that he was coming and how he was coming and where he would be born. They knew from what city that he would grow up in, Nazareth. They knew that, that the blessed God, uh, that the Baptist was going to come. They knew the blessed God, that, uh, that they were going to throw lots. They, they knew that he would be given vinegar to drink when he hung on the tree. Now, these rabbis were not ignorant to that. If you, again, if you, they know the word. They, the, some of them even know the New Testament, as you call it. Some of them know the writings of Christ. Very well they know them. I've run into them. I've talked to them. But it's strange now, and again, let's go back and say, okay, well, yeah, but they were blinded. Not all of them. If you want to have eyes to see and ears to hear, God will let you see and hear. So it was there written so that there's no mistake. And somebody said, said well, what, 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 you know, uh, there he was. You know, he was born in Bethlehem. Bingo, it's written. So you see, this wasn't something that happened, and the Messiah came on the scene, and then somebody came along and said, well, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, I, I knew that last week. And that's what we often hear. You're going to have, now you're going to have knuckleheads now, going to be everywhere, acting like real prophets, saying, yeah, God showed me that great earthquake right there in Haiti. That's not what this is about. That's not what prophets are about. Prophets foresee into the futures. I said last night, most of these prophets never saw what they prophesied come to pass. They went to their grave. Some of them went to their grave thinking that they, that they missed God. See, the key isn't for, oh, I was right about that, wasn't I? The key, bless God, is to understand that you are a messenger. It's irreverent. God doesn't want you to become God. God's not going to get you in a position for people to get their eyes upon you because you tell them tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock. As I said, I've had to do that all over the world to leaders of nations, but that, that wasn't to a, a, a group of people. The prophecies that I prophesied, as I said, in the 80s and the 90s, you turn the TV on and almost daily, somewhat of that's being talked about now. That's what prophets are. You see, there isn't any glory in it. There wasn't any glory in Isaiah. I mean, I, he was just, what was he doing? Do you realize when he said, when he prophesied that there would be a virgin, that he'd get pregnant with the Holy Ghost, do you, do you, what do you think he thought? Close, Lord, but, uh, you know, I'll say it, but, uh, man, alive am I going to get, yeah. But God did that a lot with his prophets. Prophets are kind of weird, Okay. They're just a little different, okay? Why? Because we're not interested in anything except what God's got to give. We're not, we're not interested in opinions. See, that's the reason. That the quickest way you're going <clears> to <throat> aggravate me, boy, that's kind, is to start trying to tell me about your spiritual whatevers. Because you see, I have this ability as a prophet to look right into your heart. And some of you have been very fortunate that I haven't said, sorry. That can't be happening by God because your heart is black instead of white. You, you, you've, you're in defilement. Some of you are saying, whew, got away with one there. Well, you did that time. You may not the next. <laughs> Get over it, all right? Now, 
Let's go to, now, now the, the, the reason I wanted to lay that groundwork is I wanted you to see that it was written in the volume of the book. It was given that it was going to happen. Did it happen? Yes. Did all the people believe it? No. So even though it was, now listen, the lack of knowledge will what destroy you? Was it the fact that in the end that Judah will be, have been destroyed? Yes, not only back then and now in this day and hour. Is it partly because of that? Well, partly, but again, God blinded them. See, he said that, that, that uh, Yeshua would become a stumbling block to both the houses, the house of Ephraim, the house of Judah. And again, we all as Christians know, well, they stumbled over the Messiah, but they didn't know who Ephraim was, so they didn't know what that, that meant, so they just didn't talk about that. But now it has to be talked about. Our stumbling was, was also the fact that we, what? We didn't believe the law. We thought it left. That was our stumbling block. Just as the Messiah was a stumbling block, bless God, himself uh, to Judah. Now let's go to, and we'll start in Genesis, the 17th chapter. Genesis 17, first verse. I'm going to give you a second to get there. Genesis 17, 1. We're going to go down through verse 9 here, if anybody's interested to write it down. Genesis 17, 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect, which means mature in the fullness of his word. Second verse. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. That's pretty, pretty big stuff, isn't it? Now, this is being prophesied. Now, it's being prophesied what? Directly to Abraham, but it's also being prophesied to the children of Abraham forever. Now, are we seeds of Abraham? Yes, we're seeds of Abraham. Now, you can be seed of Ishmael, too, obviously, as we know. But we are seed of Abraham. We're children of God. He goes on to say in the 8th verse, And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God shall, and said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant therefore, thou and thy seed after thee, in their generations. Now, and we've studied that, and we're going to, there's going to be a few of this stuff that, uh, this weekend you're going to have heard, but I've got to use it to tie what I'm wanting to tie into it. Now, one of the things that you need to understand that here, Abraham, and you've got to think of the, the years between Abraham and Moses. Here, it's being told that, bless God, that, that, that he said that you will have the land for an ever, uh, the Canaanites, for an everlasting possession, and I'll be their God. So Abraham now, as it is written in the book, 
has now prophesied by that writing that there's going to come a time when, bless God, that the seed of his seed that would keep the covenant, the holy covenant of God, through their generations, was going to take the Canaan land. It was going to be given to them. Now, we know today that that happened, don't we? We know that God brought forth, brought forth Moses. And bless God, Moses, bless God, brought the children forth, and they eventually got into what? The Canaan land. Now, that Canaan land became known as what? The land of Israel. The land of Israel. The, the, as I said, when you look on the map and see that little skinny thing up there and it says Israel, hardly can get the name in. Well, folks, that's the drop in the ocean of our land. Goes all the way, all the way east to the Euphrates and maybe across it a little piece. And bless God, as I said, it, it takes in Syria and Lebanon and maybe a little bit more. And we know that it goes down even as far down into, bless God, the United Arab, let's see, no, well, maybe, but it sure covers uh, Saudi Arabia. And we got people running around talking about finding oil in, in uh, Israel. We don't need oil in Israel. We've already got oil. Boy, that blew, <laughs> that blew that boat out of the water, didn't it? We already have it. But the millions upon millions upon millions of barrels. It's going to get to be a wild ride, folks. You want to hang on. Let's go to Jeremiah, the seventh chapter, starting verse 1. Now, this is going to be a warning here. There are certain things that God is going to do, and he's going to do what he says he's going to do, all right? Now, there are certain things that bless God that may not be as important, but they're still going to happen because what? If God said it, that settles it. It's going to happen. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible.